0: Praise the Lord. Welcome to the house of God today. I rejoice to share the word that's on my heart today and trust that though the title is simple, it'll go deep in your heart and you'll remember it because the title is two words that come out of scripture and they're the words go quickly. Go quickly. I want to encourage us today that the Lord has some things that he wants done quickly. Sometimes he says go quickly and we are to understand and know these times and situations on our heart as the Holy Spirit impels us. So I want to open up, I'm going to come to one of the great parables of our Lord in a few minutes, but first of all with some scriptures, some go-quickly scriptures. How many like to go quickly when the Lord speaks? Well, He has some words for us, so let's look at these go-quickly scriptures and then come to that parable. Matthew 28 and verse 7. That first resurrection morning, that Sunday morning, the angel said to the women at the tomb, and go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And indeed, he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him. Behold, I have told you. Go quickly and tell his disciples that he's risen from the dead. The news of Christ's resurrection is something that needs to be shared quickly. Sin has been paid for. Judgment is over. Everlasting righteousness has been brought in. There's one who has the keys of death and hell. There's one who has paid the price for our redemption. The angel said, go quickly and tell the disciples that Christ is risen from the dead. In Numbers chapter 16, we have an occasion where... Because of sin in the people, the judgments of the Lord fell, and the wrath of God was poured out on the people. But Moses said unto Aaron, Take a censer, and put fire therein from off the altar, and put on incense, and go quickly unto the congregation, and make an atonement for them, for there is wrath gone out from the Lord. The plague is begun. And Aaron took as Moses commanded, and Aaron ran into the midst of the congregation and behold the plague was begun among the people and Aaron put on incense and made an atonement for the people and he stood between the dead and the living and the plague was stayed the plague was stopped Aaron put on incense and go quickly into the congregation of the Lord and cut a line of life between the dead and the living Aaron took a container a censer. he put it on he put in that censer hot glowing coals from off the altar of the Lord. And he cast incense on that censer. Incense in the Bible speaks of worship, of prayer, of intercession. Let my prayer be set forth before you as incense. It, it speaks of intercessory prayer. Aaron cast on the incense of intercession on the hot coals. And he ran, the Bible says, go quickly. Because as many people as you can get to with the ministry of intercession, that's how many will be saved from death and brought to life. Go quickly. And Aaron ran. How many people could he get to? How many people could he get to and cut a line of life that the death plague would be stopped? How many people can you get to today. How many people can I get to in my lifetime if I'll take up the hot coals from off the altar of God and pour my intercessions on those hot coals and run between the dead and the living? God says, go quickly with the ministry of intercession. Go quickly to cut a line of life where the plague is begun. Deuteronomy 9.3 Therefore understand today that the Lord your God is he who goes over before you as a consuming fire. He will destroy them, that is your enemies, and bring them down before you. So you shall drive them out and destroy them quickly, as the Lord has said to you. There are some enemies that God wants to drive out quickly. Some enemies in our lives that he wants to destroy quickly. Those are the enemies of sin, the enemies of the flesh. So we can get a quick boost in the kingdom. So we can come out of the blocks with strength. So that we don't have to linger with the flesh life and fleshly sins that held us in the past, but we can get on and gloriously serve the Lord. God says there are some enemies that I want you to bring down quickly. Take them in the name of the Lord. A Couple chapters back in Deuteronomy 7, 22, there are some enemies that the Lord will not drive out quickly. He said little by little. So there are some enemies that I'm going to drive out slowly more slowly little by little lest the beasts of the field pride increase upon you some things god in the working out of our ministries of our calling of refinement and ministry and direction some things god works out more slowly And it keeps us from pride. It keeps us from arrogancy and self-sufficiency. But there are some things he wants to drive out quickly. And those are those initial sins and those forces of the flesh. God says, I'll drive them out quickly. Psalm 68, 31. Envoys will come out of Egypt. Ethiopia will quickly stretch out her hands to God. Ethiopia will quickly stretch out her hands to God. God wants us to be quick to worship, quick to prayer, quick to lift our hands, quick to call on the name of the Lord. There's some things that the Lord wants us to do quickly, quick to the house of God, quick to the prayer room, quick to enter into the worship of the Lord. Ethiopia will quickly stretch out her hands to God. Then Luke 14, 21, the passage that I'm going to come to in a few minutes part of the parable that the Lord gave, has to do with the gospel mission, gospel outreach in the earth. So that servant came and reported these things to his master. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, go out quickly, go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city. This is the word of the Lord. Go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city and bring in here the poor and the maimed and the lame and the blind. Go out quickly to gather the harvest. 2 Thessalonians 3.1, the Apostle Paul said, Finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may run swiftly. Put this in your prayers, the apostle said, that the word of the Lord, the gospel, the message of Jesus Christ and his salvation may run swiftly and be glorified just as it is with you. The word of the Lord is glorified in our lives. We've accepted the gospel. We live in the light of the glorious salvation of Jesus Christ. The word of the Lord is glorified in this church today. But God says, I want it to be glorified in other places, just as it is with you. I want it to be glorified in other people, just as it came to you and has been glorified in you. Some things the Lord wants done quickly, and I've just listed a few of them. Now, before we come to Luke 14, let's pick up John chapter 7, verses 37 to 38. On the last day, that great day of the feast. These are prophetic words. We live in the last day. On the last day, that great day of the feast. We live at the time of the end. 2000 years of New Testament, Christianity and history are in the books. We're living down at the time of the end. It's the last day, that great day of the feast, the feast referred to as the Feast of Tabernacles. And Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the Scripture has said, out of his heart, or literally out of his innermost being, will flow rivers of living water, living water, alive and fresh. If anyone thirsts, Let him come to me and drink. Jesus is the fountain. Jesus is the source of life-giving waters. If anyone thirsts, come and drink. We live in a world that is in desperate need of living water. In the spiritual, but it's also mirrored in the natural. On the planet today, The report is that out of almost eight billion people, that one in three have no access to safe drinking water. The planet needs water. The planet needs pure water. The planet needs clean water. One in three people have to deal with polluted, contaminated water every day of their life. It's a weary chore for them to provide water for their drinking, for their cooking every day. You've seen the pictures. Maybe you've been there in person. People lined up with containers at the community well and then walking half a kilometer, a kilometer back home, every day packing water because they don't have a clean supply where they're at. So they go to the community well that has been bored deep and living waters are there. The world is dying of thirst. It's a picture across the planet. Now we have such an advantage. We can open up any tap in our house anytime and drink the water, it's pure it's sourced properly but across the planet there is a great need and the lord's saying there's a great need in the natural there is an even greater need in the spiritual people are dying for thirst they're dying because they need living water and there is only one answer the word of god there's only one answer there's only one source of living water and that is the person of our lord jesus christ he is the fountain of life Come to me and drink, he says. Is anyone thirsty? Come to me and drink. Out of your innermost beings, there will be a fountain of living water. To the woman at the well of Samaria, in John chapter 4, 13 to 14, the Samaritan woman, broken in life, rejected. Jesus answered and said to her, whoever drinks of this water, of this well, Jacob's well, will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst again. You found the answer. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Jesus said, come to me and drink. I'm the fountain, I'm the living water. I won't give you another religious system. I won't give you a Christian religion. I'm going to give you a source of life. I'm going to give you living water. You can come and drink of me every day. And in fact, I'm going to put the Holy Spirit inside of you, and a fountain will spring up inside of you, and you will drink living water every day of your life. The thirst has been quenched. The supply of the Lord has come. The living water. Now, Jesus, in the last day, it says... On the last day, the great day of the feast, spoke these words. The Feast of Tabernacles is a very important feast in the Bible because it's the final feast of the year before the harvest ends. There were three feasts in Israel Passover, Pentecost, and Tabernacles. And every one of those feasts was related to harvest, the gathering in of harvest. And when those three feasts were completed in the year, the harvest was completed. The harvest was over. Now we're dealing with a year where the Lord is gathering harvest out of the earth. And there were three harvests in Israel. There are three harvests, as we see in a few moments, that are upon the world. Passover, Pentecost, and Tabernacles. Passover and Pentecost took place in the spring. That's when they gathered their, harvested their barley and their wheat. Passover was barley harvest in April. 50 days later, Pentecost was wheat harvest. Then four months, and then came the oil and wine tabernacles. The vineyards and the olive yards were harvested at that time. And with those three harvests, the whole harvest was brought in. Exodus 23:16 says, and the Feast of Harvest, that's the Feast of Pentecost, Feast of Passover is spoken of in an earlier verse. Then it says, the firstfruits of your labors which you have sown in the field and the Feast of Ingathering at the end of the year. The Feast of Ingathering is the Feast of Tabernacles. It's also called Ingathering. And this Feast of Ingathering, at the end of the year, when you have gathered in the fruit of your labors from the field. Jesus said, the field is the world. On the last day, he stood and cried, is anyone thirsty? Jesus is standing today among the nations of the world, crying out, is anyone thirsty? Let him come to me and drink. We live on the last day, the great day of the feast. This is the final feast of ingathering before the Lord comes. And he seeks to gather in the harvest of the field. Then the harvest will be over, and the door will close, and time will be no more. James 5, 7 says, Therefore be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently for it until it receives, or until he receives the early and latter rain, until he receives the full harvest, the harvest of Passover, the harvest of Pentecost, and the Feast of Tabernacles at the end of the year. Now let's look at Luke chapter 14, verse 15. Now when one of those who sat at the table with him heard these words, he said to Jesus, Blessed is he who shall eat bread in the kingdom of God. Then Jesus said to him, A certain man, Father God, gave a great supper and invited many, and sent his servant at supper time to say to those who were invited, Come, for all things are now ready. But they all with one accord began to make excuses. There were three calls in this parable, and they relate to Passover, Pentecost, Tabernacles. The first call went out to the Jewish people. Jesus said, i am come to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, to the Jew first. Then came a second call to Pentecost, which was the nations of the world, the Gentiles and the Jews. And then there was a third invitation and call down at the time of the end, the latter part of the harvest, but Jesus said to those who were invited, that was the Jewish nation, come for all things are now ready. They began to make excuses. The first said to him, I have bought a piece of ground and I must go and see it. I ask you to have me excused. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen and I'm going to test them. I ask you to have me excused. Still another said, I have married a wife and I, therefore I cannot come. So that servant came and reported these things to his master. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city and bring in here the poor and the maimed and the lame and the blind, a second invitation, a second harvest. And the servant said, master, it is done as you commanded, and still there is room. Then the master said to the servant, the third invitation, the third call, the third harvest, which prophetically, I believe we're in at the end of time. Then the master said to his servant, go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in. Constrain them. Necessitate them. Persuade them. Paul said, knowing the terror of the Lord we persuade men. Knowing the terror, the judgments of God that will fall on the unbeliever in a Christless eternity, heaven or hell, he said, therefore, we persuade men. The Bible said, go out into the highways and hedges and compel them, constrain them, urge them, insist on them. Don't be too willing to step back an insistence for the gospel. He says that my house may be filled, for one day it'll be filled, and the end will have come. For I say to you that none of those men who were invited shall taste my supper. Three harvests, three calls. The Jewish nation under Christ's ministry, the nations under Pentecost, the pouring out of the Holy Spirit on all flesh, all nations. But now a third call, a third invitation, a compelling, an insistence, an urgency. You can't help but miss or you can't help but sense the urgency to compel them to come in because the time is short and the end is coming. The harvest will end one day and it'll be too late. Now I have two points this morning concerning the harvest. souls. Gospel outreach, number one, the light shines brightest in the darkest places. The light shines brightest in the darkest places where human need is more pronounced. It's not that the light is more bright. It's just that it shines more brightly, like a flashlight or a torch. It's as bright in the day as it is at night, but it shines more brightly at night. It's more readily seen, it's more welcomed, it's more needed. Jesus said, those that are whole, those that think they're healthy, have no need of a physician, but the sick. He said, I have not come to call The self-righteous, but the sinners to repentance. So I'm coming to people who recognize their need. Say, well, isn't the gospel equally for all people? Rich and poor, healthy and sick? Yes, it is. And rich people come. There are many that are rich that have come to the gospel. And you look in the scriptures, you see men like Joseph of Arimathea, Nicodemus of the Sanhedrin, a ruler of the Jews, one of the top men in the nation. The gospels you have a lady like Lydia, the seller of the Roman cloth, the purple. But Jesus did say, he said it's difficult for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Said it's difficult For those who are prospered, and successful, and affluent, and have all the comforts of life. Everything at their fingertips. All the conveniences. All the luxuries. All the recreations. He says it's difficult for them to enter the kingdom of God for the simple reason that they can keep a lot of light around them. They can start up a lot of fires. They have the resources and means to keep things alive around them and looking bright, whether they are or not. But those that don't have those means, they recognize their need more readily. The light shines brightest in the darkest places. Luke 14, verse 13, Jesus said, But when you give a feast, invite the poor, the maimed, the lame, the blind. And you will be blessed because they cannot repay you. You shall be repaid at the resurrection of the just. When you give a feast, this is Jesus giving us some instruction on evangelism. When you give a feast, invite the poor, the maimed, the lame, the blind, they will be more receptive to the light Because they have a greater sense of need, of who they are, and of the need of Jesus Christ, of a savior, of a deliverer, of help. Remember the Laodiceans? Jesus said to that church, that lukewarm church, and that lukewarm city, said, you say, I am rich, I have become wealthy, and now I have need of nothing. Jesus said, you can't see it, but you are wretched, you are miserable, you are blind, maimed, and naked, just like everyone else who doesn't know me, under sin and the power of Satan. It's just you can't see it. We go to the maimed, we go to the blind. We go to the rich and we go to the poor, we go to the young and the old, but yet we understand a great principle of evangelism. Jesus said, the light shines brightest in the darkest places. We are to go to the mistreated, the broken. If we want greater harvest, we must go to darker places. If you're not satisfied with your soul winning, with how many people are being saved under your ministry, you need to go to some darker places where people are mistreated and lonely and broken and in need of a friend, in need of the love of God. There will be a greater reception. There will be a greater response. Christ City Lighthouse, Christ City Lifeline, outreaches, outreaches into the city to people, both on a corporate and on an individual scale. We've got to reach into those that are lonely, those that would be open to the gospel. The light will shine brighter, the gospel message more pure, more welcoming to them. And don't worry about the degree of degradation. Christians clean up well. Christians clean up really well, like the prodigal son. When he came stumbling across the field, came back home to father's house, the father said, hold it son, Before you come into the house, we're going to clean you up. We're going to wash you. You're going to have a bath out here. You're going to be cleansed. I'm putting a robe on you. I'm putting a ring on your finger. I'm putting shoes on your feet. And when you walk into that gospel feast, when you walk into that house of the Lord, that Father's house, nobody will know where you came from because you'll look like all the other saints who've been washed and cleansed and beautified by the blood and the power of Jesus Christ. The fragrant oil of God will be upon you that prodigal son walked into the feast and nobody knew what kind of a life he'd lived before he was cleansed and sanctified christians clean up real well the legion so demon possessed that he could break shackles and chains that were put upon him no man could tame him he ran among the tombs broken cut destroyed And Jesus came and commanded legion, commanded those demons to come out of him. And all of a sudden, he was sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind, taking in the word of God. Mary Magdalene, Jesus drove seven demonic spirits out of her, and she became one of the great leaders of the early church, and one of the great ministers of the apostolic band and of the disciples as they went through the villages and towns. Nobody knows, nobody knows when Jesus is done with you and cleansed you and healed you and restored you. Nobody knows what you have been because he hides it from view. He sets us at his table. The light shines brightest in the darkest places. Again, if we want more harvest, we have to go to darker places. We have to seek out the mistreated, the lonely, the rejected, those that have no hope as it were in this world. The Lord says, you'll find, you'll find greater reception. He said, go to the maimed and the blind. Don't forget the fatherless, the widows and the orphans. Don't forget the children. Here and in other parts of the world. We have wonderful opportunity to minister to our own city and to the nations of the world through the gospel, through finances, through other apostolic ministries that we partner with. We have a wonderful opportunity to reach out and bring people to Jesus Christ. When it comes to the fatherless and the widow, Deuteronomy 24, 19 to 21, When you reap your harvest in your field, and forget a sheaf in the field, you shall not go back to get it. It shall be for the stranger, the fatherless, and the widow, that the Lord your God may bless you in all the work of your hands. When you beat your olive trees, you shall not go over the boughs again. It shall be for the stranger, the fatherless, and the widow. When you gather the grapes of your vineyard, you shall not glean it afterward. It shall be for the stranger, the fatherless, and the widow. We pour out our tithes and offerings and alms on the work of the Lord. We support Widows and Orphans International, our organization, administration in this church, because we want to reach people for Jesus Christ. Go to the downtrodden, go to the lonely, go to the mistreated, go to the fatherless, Go to the orphans and the widows and you'll have harvest, God says. Pour out your life in the dark places and you'll have greater harvest. The light shines brightest in the darkest places. Let's hear that this morning. The light shines brightest in the darkest places. Maybe there's some dark place that you know. Maybe there's some person that's broken and in need of a friend, comfort today. Somebody that hasn't been able to make it out to the house of God because they don't have any transportation under the current administration and predicament and distress that's on the land. Is there someone today that God would put on your heart? Go to the downtrodden, go to the lonely, make a phone call. Be in touch with somebody. The light shines brightest in the darkest places. You can reap harvest for the Lord. And number two today, go quickly. When it came to the gospel, Jesus said, go quickly. Luke 14, 21. So that servant came and reported these things to his master. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, go out quickly into the streets and lanes of Edmonton of the city. And bring in here the poor and the maimed and the lame and the blind. And the servant said, Master, it is done as you commanded, and still there is room. Then the master said to the servant, Go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in, that my house may be filled, that his house might be filled. The Father have the sons and daughters brought home, prodigals restored, men and women of earth. He's not willing that any should perish. His house will be filled and then the end will come. Go quickly. Go quickly, the Bible says. Quick out into the streets. Quick out into the dark places. Quick to those in need. Take the gospel message, let it run quickly through the lanes and the streets of the city. Go and reach out. That's His word. Go quickly. Don't wait. Don't hold back. Go quickly to reach people for Jesus Christ. First part of the parable says, Come, for all things are ready. And then it says, Go, and go quickly. Come. And we heard the invitation, and we've come to the gospel feast. We've come to the presence of the Lord. We've come to the greatness of our God. His wonderful, marvelous blessings and joy and salvation to our lives. We've come. We've been invited. Once you come, you've got to go. You were invited. Now invite others. I know there's not a person here that isn't thankful for the great grace of God, that somebody came to you with the gospel, that somebody prayed for you, that somebody cut a line of life by their intercessions so you could come to Jesus Christ, have salvation and eternal life, live in righteousness, purity, peace and joy in the Holy Ghost, set free from chains and bondages of sin, brought out from under the tyranny of Satan and darkness, and we rejoice and dance before God. We're like those who dream. Our mouth is filled with singing. Our tongue is filled with laughter because of the blessing of the Lord. And there's not one of us who isn't thankful for that, eternally grateful. Now Jesus said, you've been invited. You've come. Now go quickly. Go quickly to others. The gospel has a go in it. The first two letters, go. Go quickly. Gospel. G-O-S-P-E-L. God offers sinful people eternal life. That's the gospel. Mark 16, verse 15, Jesus said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That's what he said. Go into all the world. The gospel spreads. Go through all the world and preach the gospel to every person. Jesus said, I don't want one left out. I want every person on earth to have a clear presentation, an invitation to the gospel, to eternal life, to salvation in Christ. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned go into all the world and preach the gospel. And Jesus said, go quickly. That insistence is there, that compelling, that last feast, that last call, the third call at the end of the year, at the end of time, compel them to come in. Insist, press them, urge them, persuade them. Do everything you can to dislodge people from their sin and their comfort of life to realize their need of Jesus Christ and of salvation and come to the great gospel feast. He sent his servant. The master sent his servant. First call, he sent Jesus. Jesus came to those of the Jewish nation. They began to make their excuses. Told them why they couldn't come to the gospel. They were too busy. Things were going on in life. They had oxen, they had fields, they had houses. They had no need of the gospel message. Self-righteous, self-satisfied, but the man sent his servant, Jesus. And thankfully, many hundreds of thousands and hopefully millions of the Jewish nation responded under the preaching of the first generation of Paul and the apostles of the Lord Jesus Christ. Pentecost, the message went out. His servant, the Holy Spirit, has been sent out. He goes quickly. The Holy Spirit is moving quickly. And there's a third call. And we're the servants at this hour, filled with the Holy Spirit. And we must respond quickly to the Lord. You are a servant of the Lord. Go quickly. I'm a servant of the Lord. I must go quickly. Run with my censor of intercession, run with the gospel, run with my finances, do everything I can to forward the gospel in my time and generation and place. And this church is a servant of the Lord. And through our ministry and through our outreach, we must do everything we can to speed the gospel to ministers and people and widows and orphans and people of this city and even go to the darkest places. And gather the harvest of the Lord. The Lord says, Go quickly. Go quickly. Go quickly. Don't hold back. Don't be slow to the mark. Go quickly, the Lord says. Find someone, find people, pray intercede make a phone call encourage talk to somebody about the lord go quickly before it's too late because one day the harvest is in the door is closed and no more will be gathered to the presence of the lord the lord says i want my house full when i was a young lad growing up in the pentecostal church i remembered how it would tug on my heart, how the Holy Spirit would tug on my heart when the congregation began to sing a certain song. And the song was this, Lord, lay some soul upon my heart and love that soul through me. And may I humbly do my part to win that soul for Thee to win that soul for Thee, to win that soul for Thee. And may I humbly, may I always, may I ever do my part to win that soul for Thee. Go quickly today, worship team come. Let's go quickly as a congregation. Let's go this year to the darkest places. Let's go to the poor and the rich. Let's go to the young and the old. Let's go to the children and let's go to the adults. Let's fan the gospel flame as much as we can, push back the darkness, and invite people to the salvation of Jesus Christ. The 1800s were a great century of gospel outreach, modern missions it was called, Lady wrote a song, Mary A. Thompson, 1868. Give of thy sons to bear the message glorious. Give of thy wealth to speed them on their way. Pour out thy soul for them in prayers victorious, and all thou spendest, Jesus will repay. Let's stand together this morning. Go quickly. Go quickly. The world's in need of living water. Dying for thirst. If any man thirst, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink, Jesus said. If there's anyone here this morning that has not accepted Christ as your Savior, the Lord is calling you. He's inviting you to the gospel feast. He's inviting you. To forgiveness of sins he's inviting you to cleanse you and to give you eternal life heaven forever with him if you don't know jesus this morning open up your heart to the lord open up your heart to the lord time is coming to an end we don't know how many days we have in our own selves we're only a breath from eternity all of us we need a salvation we need a savior and that savior is jesus christ the lord All you have to do is say, Lord, I'm thirsty. Come and fill me. Forgive my sin. Come into my life. He that believes and is baptized will be saved. Forsake all to follow the Lord. Give your life fully to him. As a congregation, let's go quickly today. Let's go quickly. Bring in the gospel. Bring in the harvest. Let's ask the Lord to minister to our hearts right now by the Holy Spirit. Allow the Lord to lead us this week, the months this year that's ahead. Church of Jesus Christ would gra- gain the greatest harvest globally that it's ever brought in in its history. Almost eight billion people on the planet—it's harvest time. Compel them! Compel them! Send your finances. Send your prayers. Send your spirit into this city and into the nations of the world. Compel them. My house must be filled. Go quickly, says the Lord.